Welcome to She's Running. This is the podcast dedicated to talking to women who are running for office locally, nationally, and everything in between. I'm Emily Jackson. On today's episode, I have Brianna Westbrook, who is running for the U.S. House of Representatives in Arizona. I'm going to do a super short intro today because it's late and I'm sitting in the spare bedroom of my mom's house. Let me be clear. It is not my old bedroom. (laughs) My mom and dad moved houses after I left for college to a house with a pool. My childhood home did not have a pool. I would have loved a pool, but no, they got a pool as soon as I moved states away. Typical parents, am I right? Anyway, it's always super weird coming back to the town where I grew up in. I don't really keep in touch with anyone that I went to high school with. I mean, I guess I keep in touch with them through some light Facebook stalking, but I have a pretty strict no friending high school acquaintances rule on Facebook, so I don't regularly see updates from people that I used to see in English class or whatever. I'm always looking at people when I'm here, when I go to CVS or Walmart to see if they might be someone I used to know. The weirdest thing is seeing old classmates on billboards. Billboards are big around here. There's this girl that I was friends with in elementary school who's now a dentist and her face is on a billboard. Small towns are so weird. Well, I have no idea where I was going with that. I guess nowhere? (laughs) I'm going to stop talking now and get to the conversation I had with Brianna. TTYL. So why did you want to run for office? Well, um, I want to run run for office for a number of reasons. I've always thought about it for years, up until about a year and a half ago, two years ago. I started seriously thinking about it, then um, kind of got put on the back burner because I started thinking about all the money that you'd have to have to, to run for office because it seems like with the way our political system's been built is you have to be a millionaire or come from wealth in order to run for office. But when I saw Trump jump into the ring with no political experience, I said, you know, why can't I run? Mm -hmm. And um, I felt the importance of me running became even more um, when he chose Mike Pence as his running mate, because I knew we were going to be in for a battle when he chose him, because I am a transgender woman running for office. I just knew that there was going to be a a fight that was going to need to be fought and we needed a vocal leader for the trans community. At that time, I didn't know if it was going to be Congress or if it was going to be something local or, or what. But as I started looking at it more in detail and my district in particular and seeing that nobody ever runs against Trent Franks, which is a villain I say to humanity, (laughs) (laughs) um, I saw it as an opportunity an opportunity that had to be taken and I jumped in. Mm -hmm. Well, I, okay. want to talk about this more, but let's go ahead and introduce you. Okay. Before we get too far down the road. So who are you and for what are you running? My name is Brianna Westbrook. I'm running for the U S house of representatives for Arizona's eighth congressional district. And where is that in the state for those of us who are not in Arizona? In the state, um, it's the West Valley of, of the Phoenix area. Um, your okay. cities would be Peoria, Glendale, Sun City, Sun City West, Surprise, Litchfield Park, Avondale, bits of Phoenix. It's really, really big. Uh-huh. Um, over 700,000 people. Wow. Are you from there? Um, I've lived here a little over 11 years, 11 and a half years. Okay. 
I was born in Arizona. I have kind of a, a story, like oh, not so much a story, but a past that's uh, that's been pretty epic that I've joked around and said it'd be a good lifetime movie. Um, long story short, we I was born here, but moved away at eight and kind of went around the country to Tennessee, to Montana, to Washington, then ultimately came back here. Mm-hmm. So what's your day job? My day job, I'm a sales manager at a local car dealership. I've been there um, since since I got into town. Mm-hmm. It was something I, uh, I jumped into right when I, right when I got here um, because what I was going to do didn't quite pan out, which is what I did back home in Washington, which was actually paved roads for a living. I was, uh, I laid asphalt. Really? Yes. That's interesting. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of something that you, most people wouldn't have seen for me, but I did that for three and a half years up in Washington to pay the bills. Did it every summer. I got laid off every, uh, every Thanksgiving because that's when the asphalt plant closed. But I was going to do it down here. Um, I got a job in Central Phoenix with the company, and he was going to make me a foreman. And he said he had a he had a crew, and but his crew never showed up for the three days mm-hmm. that I showed up. And I said this wasn't going to work out. So at that time, I was living a different life. Um, I had a I wore a tie to work instead of a dress to work. <laughs> and I went into my local car dealership, my local Honda store up here, and uh, applied. And the rest kind of just turned into history. You said you don't have a political background. So what is your background? My background is more or less a school of hard knocks. I've done a little bit of everything. My background is a, uh, I'm trying to think of, think of the best words to say this, um, is the bottom part of society um, that gets overlooked. That's what mm-hmm. my background is. Okay. Um, I grew up in a family that was plagued with substance abuse. My entire life has been a struggle. I've had family that's battled with substance substances, whether it's alcohol or meth. Sometimes they overshare, uh, but I'm I'm proud of my past to wear like a badge of honor because when you look at the statistics, I shouldn't be where I'm at right now, just based on where I came from in my life. But uh, I've uh, had to persevere, and I've I've had a, a childhood and a life that many people in this country can relate with that are on mm-hmm. the bottom parts of society that get overlooked um, because their voices aren't heard. Um, moved out when I was 15 and uh, pretty much been on my own my whole life. My background's been a, a little bit of everything. I went to school for advertising for a little bit. I was going to be a police officer. Then kind of fell into what I'm doing now and I like it. I don't know if that answers your question the way yeah. that you <laughs> No, it's interesting because, you know, I mean, it's not what you would think of. It's like a typical politician background, but I, I that's just an, a normal person. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that's what I am. And that's the thing that I tell people when I meet them for the first time is I'm not a politician. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just a normal person. That's that you see a target. You know, I don't come from wealth. I don't, I'm not privileged. Everything in my life I've had to, to fight for and work for. Uh, that's why I know that I will be a great leader for my community and country because I can relate to so many people throughout this country because of my history and the in the life that I lived. Yeah, it's, it's I'm just a normal person running for office. <laughs> <laughs> Wanting to create change, bring a lot of good for a lot of good people. And that's important. Mm-hmm. Why did you choose national politics rather than local? Well, I chose to go national just because I think this is the biggest um, way that I can make the most impact mm-hmm. and, you know, hit a home with as many people as possible. 
um, because there's thousands of people throughout this country that relate to me that need a hero, um, that need a champion. National was the avenue that I needed to go to make my voice heard, to make the most difference. What has the process of running for office been like for you so far? Um, it's been really, really good. I've, I've, I've had a, a lot of support. I, I announced my candidacy in early March, mm-hmm. and things have been picking up really, really quick. I've began to network with people throughout the country, and the, the overwhelming amount of support has been uh, just truly a blessing. Um, I've connected with people all over the country that want to help this campaign get off the ground because this campaign is about real people, working class people, and people want to get involved because there's, this is a special opportunity we have in this district. So many people you know, have stacked the chips against us because my opponent is a millionaire. Um, he has a net worth. He's one of the wealthiest people in the whole house. He has a net worth wow, of over $30 really? million. Dollars. Yeah. Has a very hard base in this district that is far conservative. If you look at it on um, the spectrum of Congress, he's the f- one of the farthest right congressmen in the entire House. And I am running as somebody that's pretty far left, uh, being mm-hmm. a progressive. It's, a lot of people think that this is something that's never going to happen. We, we can't win this district because of the past and how Trent Franks doesn't have he, he doesn't think people don't think that he can have any competitive progressive opponent in this district because he thinks that the statistics aren't there. But um, I'm here to say that I think we've been wrong in the past because I've looked at the numbers. Mm-hmm. I think they're they're very favorable for us, you know, and I think this is a district that we should have been running in for a long time. It's embarrassing that we haven't had a Democratic candidate in this district for two election cycles because that's not democracy. There hasn't been a candidate at all? There hasn't been a candidate against Trent Franks in two election cycles. There was a write-in candidate. (laughs) Yeah. Crazy, huh? Yes. (laughs) It's because nobody wants to put in the time and the effort. And But, you know, I'm here to change that. Uh, My background of being a fighter and laying asphalt and having a struggle and having to persevere is what's going to bring us out of this. And we're going to surprise a lot of people. So other than... (laughs) him being a millionaire or your opponent being a millionaire, what obstacles have you faced? I, w- I wouldn't even say I've had obstacles um, because I don't, I, don't, I don't really see obstacles. I just see bumps, um, just small yeah. bumps to go over. A lot of people uh, don't take it serious because we're in this district. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess you could say that's a small bump, but they should be uh, seeing that we should have been taking it serious with the momentum that I've already created. You know, I've already been featured and on NBC, I local the local news of the Phoenix New Times. I've done an interview with them. Rosie O'Donnell's donated to my campaign. <laughs> I, I, yeah, <laughs> it's been, uh, there hasn't been very many obstacles. It's, it's, it's just learning. Uh, yeah. I'm learning something new every day. I, I, I don't see any challenges yet. Yeah. Well, that's great. Do you have any other, like, are you going to have a primary or do you know yet? Yeah, um, there's a there's a few people that's put their hat in their race. Um, okay. Nobody's actively getting out there like I have. You know, as soon as I, I put my hat in the ring, I immediately jump in the community because if you're running for Congress, if you're running for any elected position, for lack of better terms, your ass better be in your community, mm-hmm. showing the community that you care about them and then that you want to bring progress. I'm the only one out here working. You know, before work, I'm spending 
you know, two hours a day in front of public libraries helping get a referendum on the ballot for the voucher expansion in our local state legislator. I'm doing that twice a week. I'm attending as many functions as I can in my community, um, whether it's healthcare forums, indivisible forums, um, local legislative district meetings. I'm out in the community working. My opponents have not been, and it's I'm not gonna critique them on the way that they're doing this, but like I said, I think if you're elected official, you better be in the community working to show the voters that you're working for them. Mm-hmm. So what are some of your core issues? My core platform is is healthcare. We need a universal healthcare system, Medicare for all. Um, like Bernie says, I think we need to take the privatization out of the healthcare system and bring these pharmaceuticals companies to a more accountable status than they're at now. Um, they're jacking these prices up on our prescription pills. We need to really fix our healthcare system and, and just do a complete overhaul to it because it's it's out of control. We spend the most money mm-hmm. on healthcare yet provide the least amount of care for it. That's quite embarrassing on a, a worldly level. You know, people look to the United States to lead and where we are where we are at um, on healthcare is is absolutely embarrassing. You know, there's it's it's we need to take more pride in that. Other core issues that I'm tackling um, is education. Education is one of the fundamentals our country was built on, uh, a strong public education system. Arizona in particular, my state, is you know, almost dead last, and that's embarrassing. Um, we need to invest in our youth, because uh, when we invest in our youth, we're investing in our future. And we need to heavily focus on our children, because this is the world that we're leaving them, what we're building today. And my campaign's about the future, you know, it's it's the long-term effects of this, of, of what we're doing today that we need to look at. So education is huge. I want to get teachers the raise that they deserve for the commitments they put to our children. Um, I believe in free college tuition um, because an educated society is a working society. It stimulates the economy. It puts more educated individuals in the workplace, more leaders, uh, more career career-driven individuals out there. So yeah, and I also think that we should be uh, doing a special program that I came up with. Um, I don't know the ins and outs yet, how we're going to make it work, but I think that we need to because it would help our classrooms greatly, is student loan forgiveness for teachers. I think what that would do is put more teachers in our classrooms, bring our class sizes down so more kids can get the one-on-one attention they need from their children. The teachers can get more one-on-one time with their children Mm -hmm. to help them grow and learn. Another uh, huge part of my platform, of course, is women. I'm very pro-choice. Nobody should be telling women what to do with their body. Any healthcare decisions are between her and her doctor, and that is it. It's it's uh, an issue that I can't believe we have to talk about in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. I'd also like to find ways to close the wage gap, and I think uh, a great way to do that would be investing in our young women. Um, by creating college grants for young women who choose degrees in science, the sciences, technology, engineering, and math, um, more high-paying jobs. And once again, that goes back to investing in our future because we're investing in young women. Um, it's going to bring that wage gap down because you're going to have women earning more, you know, tenfold in the future. Um, and that's going to help close that gap that we've been trying to do for so long. And finally, you know, a huge, huge chunk of the platform is clean energy. 
clean renewable energy, we should be investing in solar. In Arizona in particular, I don't understand why we don't see solar panels on every single roof in my neighborhood. I think we need to create more opportunities for, for greater research into solar to make it more affordable for all. I'd also like to make more benefits available to small business owners that want to convert to clean energy mm-hmm. um, and, and homeowners because we can't deny global warming. It's, it's, it's happening. We won't be able to stop it, but we can slow it down. So that's the platform. It sounds like a great one. (laughs) (laughs) So how can people get involved with your campaign? Um, You can get involved in the campaign by connecting with me on Twitter, Facebook. I'm very accessible. You can find me on any social network site. Um, I try to be active as, as much as possible so people know, like I said, that I'm working. Yeah, social media. (laughs) <laughs> hashtag um, turn eight blue that's the number eight blue mm-hmm. that will connect with with me directly on facebook or or twitter and because we're not this campaign we're not millionaires i'm just a middle class woman work with middle class dollars social media is what's going to take us over the top that's that's it's it's very affordable and it's a good way of connecting with everybody and that's what's gonna that's what's gonna help us win what do you need for your campaign most right now? Is it dollars? Is it people on the ground? Right now, dollars dollars help pay for everything that we're doing. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're out there and you want to donate, please donate to the campaign. Um, it helps us hold events, town halls, which my incumbent doesn't do. He does them over the phone. Um, I've already held one in-person town hall, which is one more than he has done in two years. How did that go? What did you learn from that? The town hall? Yeah. I learned a lot about listening. Um, and that's that's what you're supposed to do in that situ- in that scenario, I guess you can say. Just listening and just listening to the community and hearing their voices and just hearing them because that's all your constituents want. They want to know that someone's listening to them who's going to help them with the problems they have in their life. Um, that's what I learned about it, and it, and you, you saw that when I was, well, I saw that when I was there, and I, I thought to myself, I'm like, I don't understand why there's so many people across this country, elected officials, avoiding this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if there's people mad, you sure to hell should be listening to them. So they're not pissed off like this. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a, it was a great experience. Um, it was, uh, we had a little over thirty people. It wasn't huge, but. Uh, it was great. We got a lot of one-on-one time um, with constituents and uh, got a lot of talking, which is what I like. You said you are fairly left-leaning and there's a lot of very conservative people. So if you are elected, how do you feel like you're going to be able to bridge those two very disparate groups? Well, the thing is, I don't think that this district is as conservative as it's made to be. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's so many bipartisan things that we can agree on that everybody wants to see fixed in government. Um, government corruption. It's, it, everybody is sick and tired of the money that's in po- politics. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's withholding our voices. That's a, that's a bipartisan issue that we both can agree on. Healthcare. Is huge. Everybody cares about healthcare. It affects everyone. And another issue that I'm, I'm going to bring to light is our student debt. 
is out of control. And we need to find a way to, to, to bring that back down to, I don't know how we're going to do it, but when we get all these people together and we start talking about the issue, then we can start finding solutions. Um, because I've look, looking at the numbers, it's just absurd. And it's a huge portion of this district is young families that have incredible amounts of student loan debt. It's just talking about the bipartisan issues is how I can bridge the gap between conservatives and progressives. We're not going to be able to hit home on everything. We're not going to be able to make a, a marriage that's possible for both sides to get along as much as I'd love for that to happen. But the thing is, I'm not going to shut them out um, like our elected official currently does. You know, I'm going to listen to both sides and. I wouldn't be opposed to you know bringing some people in that lean towards the conservative side just so I could hear their voices. We have to work together, and that's the only way we're going to bring progress. You know, I'm not going to completely shut them out. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, for anybody listening who is thinking about running for office, what advice do you have for them? Um, do it. <laughs> Don't um, don't think about it. Just do it. Let the wind take you because you can do it. It's, it's running for office is, is is very scary because you got a lot of people that you know might be feel threatened by you. Um, I know I see that as a transgender woman because there's a lot mm-hmm. of people that don't know about the trans community and they have all these preconceived notions about who we are. But it's it's scary. But you have to remember that the good that's coming from it and how much good you're putting out there by running for office. You, you are the change that you want. You are, you are creating the change for a better world. Just jump in and do it because any of us can do this. That's great advice. Well, thanks for talking to me. Yeah, for sure. And that's it for today. Big thanks to Brianna Westbrook for talking to me about her campaign. It took us a while to get our dates and time out for that conversation, but I'm really glad we did. So big shout out to her. You can find out more about her campaign at westbrook2018.com. She's also on Facebook at Westbrook2018 and on Twitter at bwestbrookaz8. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at She's Running Pod. And if you've got a suggestion for someone that I should have on the show, please shoot me an email at she'srunningpod at gmail.com. I will definitely check her out. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks. Talk to you soon.